Hey, what's up, fam? It's Coach Josh. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well on this Thursday. Hope you guys are having a good day today. My name is, for those who join me for the first time, my very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy. Also, this Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach in line. But for those who's been rocking with me, whether you've been a subscriber or a listener, a viewer, for 14 years, 13 years, or 13 to 14 minutes ago, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted me, and I pray it continues to be treasured. But as everyone is coming into the live feed, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. Like if you need one-on-one coaching, if you're like, hey, man, I need some help with my relationships. I need help with spiritual development. I need help with maximizing my singleness. I need help with discovering, developing, or distributing my purpose. Or I need help with branding and marketing myself online or uh, product development. If that's you, contact me today. I would love to be a coach. Uh, we have a lot of spots, a good handful of spots available for the summer. So go ahead and get it in now. If you're looking for a, a book to help you process your feelings so that you can find the facts behind them, here's a great book. Here's a great resource. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better, wholeness doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. So if you're looking for a resource or a tool to better hold things um, in your life, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're looking to better understand the purpose of your singleness or how to maximize it, this book right here would be a great resource for you. Great dating book right here. If you want to ask the right questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, it's a great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you with discernment and to better de determine whether or not that thing in front of you, a person in front of you is a counterfeit, here's a book that I believe will help you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds and you want to untie them or uproot them, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a good book for your young person to help them discover their art and be able to be artistic, and to be able to articulate the art form, this would be a great book for them. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare or want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book would be a great resource for you. We also have shirts on our website and ways for you to give and support what I do is all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Let's see who we got here in the building. Lenita, what's going on? Oh, man, I ain't even take the thing off my face. Here we go. Lenita, what's going on? Hope you're well, sis. Hope your family's well as well. Um, the humble one says, Hey coach, how do I go about forgiving? Should I write a letter or well, uh, oh, or, uh, you said thanks in advance. <clears throat> Let's do this again. The humble one says, Hey coach, how do I go about forgiving? Should I write a letter? You don't have to write a letter. You don't have to write a letter to feel better. Right. Um, sometimes forgiveness is just you giving yourself the opportunity to go forward. It's basically just you being able to say, you know what, man, I'm going to let this go. I'm not going to let this bother me anymore. So what I would do is write on a sheet of paper. You might not have to write a letter to them, but write a sheet of paper, the person who hurt you, how they hurt you, and why you should forgive and go forward. And what can you learn from that situation, right? And so in every time they pop up in your mind and your heart, you just say, I've already forgiven them. Sometimes our flesh is still forgiving after the spirit the spiritual aspects already forgiven. And all you got to do is continue to believe and walk in faith, knowing that you have forgiven that individual. But I wouldn't, you don't have to write a letter. Now, if that person comes to you, then I think you should be able to tell them, hey, you know, hey, don't even let, don't even sweat that. My, my brother, my sister, whoever that person is, I've forgiven you. So I don't think you have to write a letter. Jazz says, yo, my guy, what's going on, family? Hope you well. Chantel says, hi, coach. Do you believe watching movies online through a website for free is a sin? Even if you don't download anything, um, some say it's pirating, others say it's fine as long as you don't download it. Well, I just think that if 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 you had a product out there 
that had a price on it and someone was streaming it for free and it was taking um, um, things away from your livelihood and your legacy, then I think you have a problem with it. Um, for me, I just choose not to do that kind of stuff because of just um, uh, my moral code. Um, because I also am in business and stuff like that. So it's like, I would rather, now don't get me wrong. Now, if there's, there's, I have a lot of stuff out there for free, but I think if I was that, then I just think you just go ahead either. Um, I just say, man, just do it the right way. That's just my best advice. Always do things the right way. Because if you, if you cut corners in the little things, you're going to eventually cut corners in the big things. That's just a principle we all have to abide by. That if we cut corners in little things, if we cheat on little things, if we uh, turn our back on little things, then we're setting ourselves up to do things on a bigger on a bigger scale. Hope to help. Jazz says, what's the difference between sexual desire and lust to you? Well, sexual desire is the default setting of the, the of us bio biologically. You know what I'm saying? Um, sexual desire is, hey, I desire to have sex. I desire... Uh, uh, to one day have sex in the right manner, but desire must first um, come from disposition. My disposition or my standards or my values or my morals supersedes my, sta uh, my desires, my standards over my desires. So even though you may have sexual desires and desire to have sex one day with your wife, you can't overly indulge in it mentally because the moment your mind starts getting into you, then your mind's going to create a motion picture. And then once you create a motion picture, you're going to get motion. You're going to add motion to another person's uh, uh, life. And you don't want to get your mind entertaining fantasies to the point to where you start creating it in realities. Then all of a sudden now you have casualties. Now your body count's increasing and now your desire has been so um a full and, and, and increasing with appetite, it's hard to shut it down. That's why it's best to not even awaken love before it's time. So if you do have desires, it's basically to it's basically best not to entertain them mentally, or not to entertain them fantasy-wise, because the more you entertain it, the more you're going to be uh, uh, obtaining it in a, in a sexual manner. Now, lust is when um, there's just an overbearing, perverted desire for sex. Um, you're lusting after it because you need that thing to fulfill you. You need that thing to complete you. And so it's lust. Lust is an overbearing desire. Sexual desire is just regular desire. But lust is the overbearing desire for sexual satisfaction and sexual need, right? And so it's best not to even feed that need. Hope that helped, fam. Sean, hey, Mr. Ezzy, Sean, what's up, Sean? Hope you well, fam. Now, I know about three or four Sean's, man. So are you Sean, uh, the Sean I worked with, or the Sean that's a student? I know about good three or four Sean's, man, but we're glad to have you, Sean. Thank you for joining me, fam. Georgia Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? Is Jojo out of Fort Worth. How can I build up my courage in life with management of my life? Well, courage, you got to enter God's courage. In order to be encouraged, you got to enter into God's courage. He says we are more than conquerors. Uh, he says well, we got to build ourselves up our most holy faith, praying the Holy Ghost. So there's we got to enter his courage, his strength, his sufficiency, his, his power, his source, right? In order for us to even have the opportunity to be able to manage life. Life, right. And so how do you build courage practically understanding why first investigating why your courage is low. Secondly, understanding the courage of God, the strength of God. The Bible says he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. So I will begin to understand and investigate what it means to have God's power, how to uh, have God's love and how to have a sound mind so that I can always stand confident and bold. 
And when it comes to management of life, you, you got to look at your plate and saying, is, are my eyes bigger than my stomach? Are my eyes bigger than my ability to manage? So anytime we go to a buffet when you're hungry or when you go to a grocery store when you're hungry, you end up buying more food than you even plan to, to buy. The same is with life. If your eyes are bigger than your stomach, then you're going to put more on your plate. So if your eyes are too big ambitiously, if your eyes are too big for success, if your eyes are too big for whatever it is in life and you don't have the skills and tools to manage it, then you're going to put more on your plate. So I would examine your plate right now. I want you to draw a circle on a piece of paper and I want you to write down everything that's on your plate right now. And I want you to write down or X out uh, the things that should not be on your plate. Things that you shouldn't even be allowed to have in your life right now so that you can really see the food that God wants to give you. That's why life is not about going to the buffet of life, but we're going to the restaurants that serve you kind of life. So that means I got to go to God's restaurant and just say, God, you become my daily bread. You feed me what I need. You put on my plate what I need versus trying to go in life in the buffet mindset and just putting more on our plate. God, uh, steal my soul. Uh, 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 sp- my eyes focused and fixed on what you have. So the fixings that you put on my plate that you allow my focus to fix on, I will be able to eat and nourish and digest and it will give me the strength that I need. So I want you to draw a sheet of, on a sheet of paper, a circle as if it's a plate. I want you to write down all the things that's on your plate. And I want you to write down all the things that shouldn't be on your plate. And then now it's time to remove it off your plate by saying, you know what? I'm going to start giving more energy and time to these things that I feel like God put on my plate so that I can be able to manage it. Because it's hard to have courage when you put too much in your porridge. If you put too much in your bowl, if you put too much in your life, you start diminishing in courage because it becomes more than you are able to handle. Hope to help. Good afternoon, Mary. Hope you're well. Essence of Music says, hi, coach. Why does God place us in seasons we hate, even places he has us living, leaving in? Let's read it again. Hi, coach. Why does God place us in seasons we hate, Uh, even places he has us living in? Well, um, the best way to endure a season that you hate is to love the one that's in your life. And what I mean by that is this, there's going to be countless, not countless, but there's going to be many seasons that you're going to be in that you're going to be like, man, I don't really want to be here. But if you know for a fact that God has, and let's go back a little bit. The real thing you have to process is, did I put myself in this season or did God put me here? Because a lot of times we blame God for being in places that we walked in alone, that we left him miles ago. And then now we're in this place that we shouldn't even be in. So you got to ask yourself, did I create this season or was this a regular season that God has given? Now, if it's a season that you created, now you got to learn from it. Now you got to eat from it. Now you got to grow from it. Now you got to manage it and navigate it, right? Because it's a season you walked in, right? This season you created, right? But if it's a season that God has placed you in, the best best way um, to endure a season you hate is to ask God, give me the reason for this season. What is the reason for this season? Why do you have me here? And also I want you to think about not only why he has you there, what what is he using that season to get out of you? Because you can't be seasoned without seasons. 
God wants you to be seasoned. God said you're the salt of the earth. He wants you to be seasoned, but you can't be seasoned unless you go through seasons. So there's a reason for this season to make you seasoned enough to preserve something. Salt was meant to preserve. So God wants to make you so seasoned that you're able to preserve a family one day, to preserve a marriage, to preserve a business, to preserve a relationship. He wants you to be able to preserve. And you can't preserve if you don't know what you created to serve, because wherever you're supposed to serve, that's where you're supposed to preserve. So that season is causing to be seasoned so you can last even more seasons and sustain things for more seasons than it would be if you just navigated life the easy route. So if you hate the season, allow the season to remove the hate out of you. Hold on. Because if you hate to see the asset, why do you hate it? Because chances are we hate it because we want to be elevated from it prematurely and not knowing that this season is the very season that's going to make us be the person we need to be that's seasoned for a long time. And so now you got to blossom where you plan it. You got to make the best of it. Optimism um, erases op obstacles and, and reveals opportunities. You got to have an optimistic mindset. But I go, okay, God, if you're here with me, I'm just glad you're here. Now help me navigate it. Hope to help. Lenita says, we are good, coach. Thanks. I pray you and your family are well. We're well. Thank you so much. Jazz says, yeah, I ain't writing uh, nobody a letter tonight. Don't write. You don't got to write no letter to forgive. You don't got to write no letter. Akeem says, hey, coach, what to do when you like someone you've been close friends with for years? I've realized we complement each other, different personality, yet click mentally and spiritually. Let's see if you have a follow. Feelings are mutual on both ends. Gotcha. All right. Akeem says, hey, coach, what to do when you like someone you've been close friends with for years? I've realized we've complement each other, different personality, yet click mentally and spiritually. Feelings are mutual on both ends. Now, Akeem, if you're the man, then I will go to God to find the plan because you got to have God's plan. If this ain't your one man, then you just keep it as close friends. Right. So all those things are great. And you guys may compliment. But is that God's companion? There's a lot of people going to be compatible with. There's a lot of people I'm compatible with. There's a lot of people you compatible with. But compatibility doesn't mean that's your companion. So you got to go to God who said and say, God, hey, is this the woman for me? Is this the woman you want me to pursue? Because when you go to God and God give you the clearance, then the clearance reveals confirmation and confirmation will keep you having a firm grip on that thing and not have you leave it. You need God's clearance. You need God's confirmation because there's going to be rough terrain in your relationship. In all relationships, there's rough terrain. There's turbulences. There's trials and tribulations. But if you don't know from the beginning that that's your woman, all this cute, cuddly stuff of y'all being friends from years and y'all company each other and y'all click mentally and spiritually and y'all have mutual feelings on both ends, all that stuff means nothing if, if y'all not spiritually meant. Don't see meant if you're not spiritually meant. Because just because you com compliment doesn't mean y'all have the right ingredients to create cement, something that's a strong foundation, something that families can be built upon, something that legacy can last through, something that generational wealth can be passed through. <clears throat> so you have to process that differently. Because in life, man, you're going to have a lot of people that 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 could really uh, 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 you could really see could possibly create something beautiful with. But if it ain't the one God has for you, then then, then it's just going to pass from you. And so what do you need to do? I was taught to God. And if you're as the man you lead, 
It's better to lead than to eventually bleed, bleed with pain, bleed with heartbreak. So what I would do is say, you know, right now, I know that our feelings are mutual. I know that we're clicking mentally and spiritually, but let's take two weeks to find out this is what God wants us to do. So for two weeks, let's not talk to each other. Two weeks, you go about your business. I go about my business. You seek God. I seek God. And 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 we really go and see if this meant to be. And in two weeks, God is going to let you know. My wife and I did the same thing. If, if, let me tell you something. God doesn't wait long to reveal those who long to be in his will. God doesn't wait long to reveal to those who long to be in his will. So you have to love God's will more than you wish this will. And when you do that, man, you will see a lot of things manifest itself and you will hear God very clearly on what he wants you to do with this young lady because you're the head, man. You're the leader. And it's good. It's, it's a great opportunity to practice those things now. Great question. That's true, coach. Thank you, humble one. Essence of music says, hi, coach. Why does God? Okay, okay. We already answered it. Okay. Uh, okay, y'all talking to each other. Aries says, hey, coach. Is being engaged necessary? I haven't heard of anyone in the Bible engaged for marriage. Well, uh, because marriage was different. Marriage was uh, um, betrothed. Marriage was arranged back in the Bible days. The culture now of marriage is different. Um, arranged marriages ain't necessary anymore um, in, in, in most cultures. Some cultures still practice it, but these cultures didn't. So engagement uh, wasn't, wasn't a part of the process back then. It was arranged marriages. Uh, but I think counseling is important. I think levels are important. I think there is something about progressing through the levels of relationship, whether you call it engagement or not. I think there's benefits because because the more you begin to grow fond and the more you begin to build a bond, it's best to go. It best to make sure that you guys are setting the right structure, setting the right systems, um, um, creating the right expectations. Uh, I mean, all that kind of stuff and engagement kind of gets things structured. And I think engagement is is in part for a lot of people to prepare for the wedding and stuff like that. But if you don't want a wedding or nothing like that, it's still good to make sure you go through some premarital counseling because having a third party person that's not emotionally involved in y'all's union is able to ask the right questions to see if you guys should even be unified. Hope to help. Ah, oh, man, it scrolled all the way down. Give me one second. Jesus took our sin says, I have panic attacks and anxiety plus depression to the point where I feel fearful to get out of bed because I feel fainting and nausea all the time. I keep going in and out of the ER. The doctor says I'm normal. Okay. I think that's all you wrote. Hey, I've been through it. I had a season of anxiety for uh, for about two or three years of my life. I think I was 26 to 27, 25 to 27 or so. Anxiety. And, and uh, oftentimes, those panic and anxiety attacks is due to poor stewardship of your holistic self. Um, some sometimes your your depression and anxiety attacks is due to a lack of, uh, of being low on minerals, especially magnesium, magnesium, potassium. Um, those minerals that's good for the heart um, can cause a lot of that depression there. And a lot of people's depression is 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 can be caused through uh, um, diet, could be caused through um, spiritual uh, malnourishment, physical malnourishment, mental emotional malnourishment, and so. If the ER is telling you're fine, because I went to doctor's offices over and over again, they was like, bro, you're healthy as an ox. You're good. You just got to get your mind under control. You got to get your uh, your your anchor. They didn't really say anchor, but they got to get yourself solid. And so now how to do with anxiety, you got to begin to ask yourself, where in my life have I yet made God my anchor? Where in my life have I lacked the development of developing my faith in God in this particular area? Right? 
So you got to begin to say, I got to start balancing my life out now. So how I got over my panic attacks, <clears throat> I began to investigate why I'm even panicking. Am I panicking uh, um, because my heart not panting? I'm panicking because I'm not panting. I'm not panting after the water brook. I'm not panting after God. I'm not searching his will. I'm wrestling with the idol. I'm allowing my idols to be a rival. And, 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 and now it's time to deal with it deeply. And so you got to find the root, my friend. What are you anxious about? So get a sheet of paper. Here's some practical practicalities. Get a sheet of paper and write down what you're anxious about. And I want you to, under everything that you're anxious about, ask why haven't you allowed God to anchor you in that area? Also ask yourself, what are you trying to do um, that only God can do? Also want you to write down what, what part of these anxieties are, are reflecting an idol. What, is, what are my idols or what is my idol? And then deal with it. Deal with it with the word of God. Deal with it by pacing yourself. Start studying up to make, are you taking a, a multivitamin? Are, are you, how's your diet? Are you drinking enough water? Are you, are you eating a balanced diet? Right, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically, it's very important. And fear has torment because anytime you get anxious, you open the door for enemies to attack, to deepen your anxiety, cause you to, have to to feel nauseous and not get through. You have to have a strong why. Why must I go on? Why must I overcome this and do that, my friend? Now, type in anxiety and Joshua Ezzy. I have a lot other videos I think will help you, my friend. Okay. Uh, Lenina says, small foxes spoil the vine. Okay, y'all, y'all helping each other out. Okay, y'all, uh, Sean Ramsey, my son, tell Sean, I say, hey, what's up, my brother? Look forward to talking to you guys soon. Sean says, I'm the Sean you worked with the past two Saturdays. That's right. What's up, Sean? Thank you for joining me live, bro. And if you're looking for a, a, a coach and this young man, I'm coaching. If you have a young person, you're like, hey, man, I need some, a positive role model to speak life in my son or daughter this summer. Um, book your coaching session now. You can do that on my website, imunplugged.com. And we offer mentoring and all that kind of stuff to help your young person really begin um, to see their value in God and what they and the value that they can offer the world. Uh, Lenny says, best way to talk to young men about sex from a godly aspect as a, 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 a soul glad, okay, as a mother. Okay, best way to talk to a young man about sex. Well, keep it 100 with them. Keep it 100 so nobody won't sell it to them for cheap. If you keep it 100, if you really explain it to them, and this is what I mean by explaining to them. My mom did a very good job by explaining to me the consequences. But before she really explained the consequence, she really created in me a sense of worth and value. She, she always told me, son, you're chosen. You're not called. You're chosen. You have a purpose. God's called you for something significant. So she's always told me <clears throat> about the uniqueness of my calling. She talked about when I was young and how an angel came into the, or the spirit of God came into the bedroom and said, call him Joshua. He'll be a great leader. So she created a legacy in mind. She created a, a, a dignity in mind, letting me know that I'm a king, that I'm worth something. I remember my dad telling me that um, we're chiefs over there in Nigeria. And, and, I, and even though I came into school with high water, uh, high water pants and, 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 and I was in poverty. You couldn't tell me I wasn't king. And, and when I knew that my last name, as he meant king, man, and everybody in the world, they don't call me Josh for most, for most, uh, uh, in most places, they call me as And so that right there built up certain level of value, not value based upon the expectation of the parent. Because if you make sex about you, 
and about your expectation, about your feelings, that ain't going to really do nothing when they have to deal with it face to face. But if you put it when they begin to see value in themselves and where value comes from is God, then their fear of God will begin to begin will begin to be the beginning of all their wisdom. They will begin to reverence God. I remember one time when I was in a room about to have sex with a girl and, and the reverence of God gripped me. And while she was right there, I walked away. Most people, all the friends talking about people who found out was like, man, you, you, whatever, you whatever. I said, listen, man, she ain't worth my seed. That was just in the back of my mind. I'm a king, fam. And so when you begin to uh, uh, reveal to a child where their dignity comes from, then they won't dig into no woman's stuff. You see what I'm saying? They won't even think about it because they're going to understand the value of it eternally. So be very clear and, and be transparent about your past experience and be like, hey, I may have made mistakes, but this is what I learned from them so that you won't burn from them. So that's the keep it 100 with them. Let them know that. <clears throat> That a, a, a man should never sow seed in a garden they don't plan to tend. A young man should not try to put his whatever to sow seed in a garden he is not mature enough or able to tend. And begin to let him know that marriage is the safest place for sex. No other place is safe for it. Because now you have matured into a husbandhood, husband mentality, where you're able to, to nurture that woman's emotions, that, that sex is not something that you do to satisfy you, but sex is something that you do to satisfy. See, when you go into having sex to, to serve, more so than being served, then you will see the beauty of the service. Because if you have a mentality about all I want to do is satisfy my sexual needs, then you will find her crying at her own knees, wondering why she gave up her body to a man who didn't even care about her mind, soul, intelligence, or purpose. So when you begin to show a man to honor <clears throat> the dignity of a woman, because if a man doesn't know his dignity, he won't be able to see the dignity of a woman. And then he won't, then he will begin to understand that if I begin to, to give myself to a woman that's not mature enough, then it's going to cause unnecessary consequences in their life. Then, then, then that young man's just going to think that it's whatever, because the world has downgraded sex to, uh, to the level of toys. Because boys like toys. And if you downgrade it to the mindset of toys, then young men's going to be like, oh, that ain't nothing. It's not that big of a deal. I could just do whatever. But they don't understand the social, uh, the, the uh, soulish consequences of it. The Bible says when a man has or when a person commits sexual sin, that's the only sin they sin against themselves. Because sex is too intimate. Sex is too, is too, is too uh, potent. It's deeper than just the physical touch. That's why the Bible says don't awaken it before it's time. Because when you awaken a monster before the time, it's hard to put a monster back to sleep. So you can either show them this video <laughs> or you could really be honest with them and let them know that sex is precious. God created sex for your pleasure, for your excitement, for your enjoyment. But the safest places in a marriage where both people are mature enough to manage it because sex is like water. Sex can be a still lake. Or sex can be a raging river that's flooding. It's your choice, my friend. Hope to help. Uh, Anthony says, food addiction, my brother, is very difficult to have a strict diet, to have a clear walk with Christ. It affects it affects everything in my life. Yeah, man. Um, there's a lot of foods I don't even eat no more. There are certain places I don't even go. Do you guys know? I ain't been to Waffle House in a long time. Now, you know God's a deliverer. My, my system can't handle that stuff anymore. I don't know if they changed their ingredients. The stuff ain't the same anymore. 
And so when you begin to, uh, it's easy to remove addictions when you want additions. It's easy to move addictions when you have certain additions. Additions are things that you want to add to your life. What are the particular things you want to add to your life? And then ask yourself, what addictions in my life that's going to keep these things from adding to my life? And if you begin to see, hey, man, that my tongue, think about food. We care so much about the tongue that we care less about the esophagus, the stomach, this large intestine, the small intestines, and everything else that goes to the digestive system. You cannot just care about a percentage of a system. Because if all we care about is the tongue and the taste buds and taste only lasts for a moment, but we don't really care about the sales and the food and how they do what they do, then, then we don't really have a real clue of what we're here to do. Because when you know what you're here to do, you will take clues and then you will move things that's going to cause you to lose. So the best way to get rid of a food addiction is to ask yourself, what do you want to have in addition to your life? Because one a, a hidden addiction anywhere will affect everything everywhere. A hidden addiction anywhere will affect anything everywhere. It will affect your marriage. It will affect your children. It will affect everything. And, and when you begin to see its effects, you remove the cause. And then you got to find the root cause of why you even have these addictions. My addictions was emotional eating for low self-esteem. Emotional eating came from my me idolizing my ministry. And then all of a sudden, now I'm good now. So I don't even eat at Waffle House anymore. I don't even eat at Bojangles no more. I don't, I don't really eat at these places anymore. Uh, I get on my wife's nerves. I'm real bougie now. I'm, I'm Whole Foods. Uh, uh, and that's my gang. That's what I rep now, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, because I know, man, I got a kid on the way. I, I got to make sure I live a long time for my child and my family. So this is some things you got to think about. Lena says, best way to... Okay, we already talked about that. Okay. Hey, coach, why does God make certain things that we don't like and then there's a whole new thing after? Let me, let me see if I understand that. Sean says, hey, coach, why does God make certain things that we don't like and then there's a whole new thing after? Uh, let me, okay, let me, I think I, I think I understand where you come from, Sean. Um, so basically, God made everything good for the good time, for a good time. And what I mean by that is that there are certain times for us to enjoy certain good things. Sex is a great thing. Sex is a good thing. Um, for your instance, driving is a good thing. Um, a lot of different things as young people that that, that you desire to do one day, but 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 they're meant for a particular time um, because you have to grow to the level to ensure that you truly have good fun that is actually good for you, right? And so God made things in their for their perfect time. Because when you grow in the meantime, when you match that thing in real time, you actually enjoy it for a long period of time. Hope they help. Sean also says, what is the difference between idolizing and doing something and just keeping it like uh, as a possession? A difference between idolizing, idolizing phone and being on the phone a lot. Well, it's all about source and identity. It's, it's, uh, money is not what people worship. It's what the money gets them access to. 
Nobody has the hundred dollar bill or sit there and worship their money. Nobody does it to the money. It's what the money gets them access to. It's what the phone gets them access to. Some people socially, emotionally, self-esteem and self-worth is so low that talking to someone on the phone makes them feel like they're something. Or when they win at a bunch of games on the phone, it makes them so they'll play the same game over and over again so they can keep see winner, 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 so they can feel like a winner. So it's not necessarily the phone that's bad. It's what, what what we need from the phone, what we need from the person, what we need from the thing. And so that's why the only place where we can really become who we need to be in identity is in God, because he's the only one that's sufficient enough to sustain our feelings from over flooding and filling. Right. So if you're on the phone a lot, you got to ask yourself, why? What are you searching for? What do you need it for? What validation is it giving you? What is it giving you access to? Now, if you're just on the phone every now and then for a long period of time, that's different. But if you find yourself always reaching for your phone and you just need it and you you need and I used to be the same way. That's why I, I got a 10 foot long. Uh, Here it is. Oh, oh, I got a 10 foot long charger. 10 foot long phone charger. So when I charge my phone, I slide the phone 10 feet from me so that when I wake up, I can pick up my Bible first. When I wake up, my phone is too far for me to reach for because I got tired of reaching over my Bible to pick up my phone. And so you got to ask them why. The why will reveal a lot, my friend. Hope that. Essence of Muse says, amen, bro. Jaina says, greetings from Singapore again. We're glad to have you. Thank you for watching from Singapore. Hey, Coach Joshua, saw your wedding vows for your wife found. Love it to, to the moon and back. God gets the glory. I, I came up with that vows that morning. So thank you so much for watching that video. And I hope you guys were, were inspired and motivated from it. Now it says, how do you know if a guy is a believer or not? Well, the more you are growing in your belief in God, you will be able to determine who doesn't believe in God. And what I mean by that is now some some things you don't have time to investigate, Natalie. Sometimes you have to trust the Holy Spirit's no, because sometimes you don't have time because some people can be a believer for a long period of time. And then when a rough time comes, they don't believe anymore. The Bible says um, the seed sell a, sold, was sold upon the ground, uh, a stony ground, and they immediately received it with joy. So you cannot be confused by people's joy, people's worship of God in good times, people's belief in God for good times. For they receive salvation with joy. They receive Jesus for joy. But when persecution came with the word, when persecution began to come, they had no more joy. They, they, they fell away. And so sometimes you don't have time to see the seasons, to see if they're even seasoned enough to be the person you need to be with. Sometimes you trust the Holy Spirit that says, nah, that's not it. Because the Holy Spirit knows the outcome eight months. But the problem is we want to see for ourselves. And when we see for ourselves, we begin to see, uh, uh, but, but we already got emotionally tied. We already got emotionally involved. We already got financially involved. We already got physically involved. And now we're too caught up emotionally in the soulless realm with this person that we're now trying to be Jesus to them versus allowing Jesus to be the first to them. So sometimes you just got to say, Holy Spirit, is this a friend I need to be need to have? Is this a man I need to even date? Is this a woman I even need to pursue? And he'll let you know immediately. And sometimes he'll have to tell you why. Sometimes we have to trust the Holy Spirit. No, 
We all we don't we want we don't like the Holy Spirit. No, we want the Holy Spirit to show. Show me why. Tell me why. God's like, man, I don't. I ain't trying to show you why. Just trust my no. Jazz says, Coach, when you once said you thought a woman was the one for you and you found out that it wasn't, did that affect you in wondering you can hear from God clearly or not? When I miss God's word, I take it hard. Back then I did. Now I don't. Because I know who I am. So back then I was like, now let me let me get it. Because I remember I remember when I was in Nigeria, I really felt bad about it. But then I really was like, but God, you the one told me that she was in a relationship. I don't think I told you the story. Yeah. So I went to Atlanta. Me and her hung out, spent time. We, I thought, I thought we changed them. We had a change of mind because before <clears throat> we talked about being together, and and she, her dad was a pastor. I ain't gonna tell all her business, bro. That's I don't even know if she watched these things. I don't, I don't want to be like that. But what I'm saying is, when I was in, when I was on the plane to Nigeria, the Holy Spirit told me that such and such is in a relationship, and I was like, man, whatever. We just, we just went to the, we just went to AHA, bro. I was like, man, we just went to high. But back then, 2010, internet wasn't like it was today. So I had to wait till I landed. Soon as I got on Facebook, the first thing on my news feed, it, I didn't have to scroll. I didn't have to go to her page. The first thing on my news feed was such and such is in a relationship. So at that point, I was like, I was in my feelings. I was listening to, who was I listening to back then? Oh, what's his name? Oh, man, Neo. Um, oh, what's that song? Uh, Neo was a soundtrack back in that day because I was going through a heartbreak. I was hurt. But then I was like, but God, you warned me. Thank you. You looked out. So I didn't really take it hard. And so to help you is that is that we go, you're going to miss it again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So don't beat yourself up. You're learning how to hear. Nobody, I didn't just jump from the wound to the to to uh just knowing god like that i grew into it i'm still growing into it i still got a long ways to grow into it and so when you miss god god didn't miss you that's how even though you miss god god didn't miss you and he is patient he is kind he is gentle he's going to walk you through the process he's going to make sure that you don't have to worry about being stressed about it so don't don't worry about how often you miss god learn from it though so you won't miss them as often. You so welcome, Aries. Blood work is no. Oh, oh, y'all, y'all helping each other. Okay. Hey, Blue Wolf. Hope you well. Hope you well. I put an audio book on YouTube. It's a religious piece of work and also a bit mysterious. Oh, gotcha. You y'all help y'all giving resources. Gotcha. God's girl says, is pleading the blood of Jesus wrong when we say I plead the blood of Jesus over my business country? I plead the blood of Jesus against you, Satan. I heard pastors say it, say that in error. Um, great question. Um, in my spiritual warfare, um, I do utilize that tactic, but I'm not loosey-goosey with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I cancel plots and schemes, I cover things under the blood of Jesus. The blood is just reminding the devil that this is all covered. And I'm aware and I'm on your tail. I'm letting you know that you would not prevail. So I'm covering and I'm letting you guys know it's, this is covered under the blood. Don't don't touch this. No. But there's some people that be just too. Sometimes with demonology and, and spiritual warfare, you got some some kooky people out there um, that's making it look more uh, than what it is. And so those people do be doing too much. But as far as 
it legitimate, that thing, that thing is powerful. I use it all the time. Okay, maybe time for two more and I got to go. Yeah, so I'll be pleading. I'll be pleading that blood, man. And, and, and they know what's up. Gang, gang. <laughs> oh, here we go. <clears throat> uh, Jaina says from the Philippines. Not Philippines. Are you from, did you say you was from the Philippines? Singapore. Not Philippines. Singapore. Jaina says... Where do I write to to book a customized one-on-one session with you, Coach? Oh, yeah. Uh, you go to my website. Uh, give me one second. Let me, let me uh, give you the link. So for those who need one-on-one coaching, they'll be able to get that link. Uh, give me one second, y'all. Yeah, because I'm coaching people in Canada. I'm coaching people in Australia. It's all kinds of people um, getting coaching from all over the country, all over the world, man. Like I have a young lady that I coach uh, in from uh, Australia, um, Singapore, not Singapore. Well, about to be Singapore now. Um, Canada, all over the world. Let me post this down here. So yes, Jaina, go to this link right here. And all those who need one-on-one coaching, I'll make sure that... Uh, hope that worked. Yeah. So where do I write to the book customized one-on-one coaching session with you, Coach Joshua? Do you do counseling or coaching more? I do a little bit of both. It just depends on what you need is. I need some biblical-based coaching myself. Uh, and Okay, yeah. So, Jana, let me know. Go to my website, uh, imunplugged.com, custom coaching. I don't even know if that link worked. Let me do it again. And I would love to coach you, my friend. And anyone else that needs one-on-one coaching, like, hey, man, I need to talk to you, coach. I need some advice right now. I'll customize a coaching session for you. Let me know your budget, and um, I'll customize a coaching session for you. And I got a coaching session tonight, too, for someone uh, out of the country as well. So I might not be on here too long. I got to reserve my energy to make sure I coach them well. I have someone tonight as well. Jazz is one of the greatest things a man can do is sacrifice a woman that he loves for the man above. I see what you're saying. Uh, God's girl, yep, you you pants were flooded, but you were still... <laughs> Listen, I, I got to know who you are, God's girl. Let me know if you want to, you know, private. Let me know. Because if we went to school together, yeah, man, yeah. Uh, listen, I was not the most fashionable guy in the world. Preach, my brother. Amen, amen. No disrespect to my mom, but I had wished I had this teaching growing up. Could have saved me from a lot. I understand. The good thing is saving you now, my friend. I know. I know. I know. But the good thing is you're hearing it now. And I hope it's a blessing for you. Devotion, he says, that Waffle House ain't no joke, have you? I'm telling. Listen, I I miss Waffle House, and I I might go to Waffle House again. But the last time I had Waffle House, I was like, fam, what y'all do to this waffle mix, bro? The waffle mix don't taste the same. Y'all, they did something to the waffle mix, man. And y'all need to y'all need to go back to the original. Whatever y'all did to that waffle mix, had a little mix going on in my stomach, bro. I said, like, what, what's wrong? What's wrong with what it? It don't taste the same. Jazz says, no more McGriddles for me. I told God not to take away McGriddles, but he said, Yep, those two. He took listen. Do y'all know I ain't had no honey bun in years? I haven't had a honey bun in years. 
I the sweets that I eat right now is like the vegan donuts from Whole Foods or chocolate chip cookies from Whole Foods. But I don't even indulge. I don't even like sweet. I love sweet. Don't get me wrong. I like sweets, but I don't. I don't like them like I used to. I really don't. God is God, man. I'm saying He works on you, man. Reach out. I said that's good. My brother says, uh, "Preach, come on now." Whole Foods. I'm telling you, Whole Foods is where it's at. I might go there tonight. My coach session ain't till ten. It's eight thirteen right now. Nah, I'm good. I already had cookies already. <laughs> Can't, can't go to Whole Foods right now and get none. Health is wealth. Is I'm telling you, it's worth it. Whoa, Coach. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm serious. What is the best way to get away? Oh, <clears throat> Sean, my brother says, what is the best way to get away from temptation? Uh, well, this is what you do. The best way not to fall into temptation is to never enter the temptation. The Bible says, though, with every temptation, it makes a way of escape. And so sometimes the escape is not even walking that temptation direction. So there's routes before you even get to temptation. There's ways to escape it. So temptations must be seen afar. First off, you have to understand that temptations are tailored to you. The Bible says when anyone is tempted, let them not say they're tempted by God for no man is tempted by God. But everyone is tempted when they're drawn away by their own lust and enticed. So temptations are drawing things, things that are drawing us because of something in us. Temptations are magnets to what is already tailored in us. So you got to ask yourself, okay, if I'm tempted to do this, then I have, there must be something tainted in me. If I'm tempted by this, this temptation is connected to something that's tainted in me. I have to remove the taint so I won't be tempted. And the best way to remove the taint is for your mind to be renewed. Being your mind being renewed means that I have to change the way I think about this. I have to change the way I perceive about this. God, create me in me a new perspective about this so that I can understand why I shouldn't be with this. And so we have to change the paint of the taint. And so that God can paint inside of us a a clean heart and renew us a right spirit so that we can see right through it. So that that temptation will no longer be a temptation, but it'll just be a test for us to just continue to be our best. So if I'm tempted by it, there's something tainted in me that's connected to the temptation. And so now I got to ask the Holy Spirit that's in me to reveal the taint and change the paint, change the color, change the way I see, change the vision, change the precision, change the mission, change the change everything so that I can be able to see this thing ain't even worth my time. This thing ain't even worth the entertainment or the indulgence of my mind. And one thing that looks fine now won't look fine later when you begin to see that you've been changed for the better. So the best way to get away from temptation is to say, Holy Spirit, what in me is connecting to this temptation? Why do I want it more than you, God? Why am I drawn to this? Then the Holy Spirit will show you who you need to forgive, who you need to release that resentment away, uh, release that resentment that you have towards someone. He's going to then show you your low self-esteem and why you have the low self-esteem. He'll begin to show you what you allowing to validate you that even ain't even a God enough to validate you. And then over time, that thing will no longer tempt you anymore. I can walk by a honey bun right now and won't even think twice. I can actually go pump gas at a 7-Eleven, walk in the 7-Eleven, see that white iced honey bun to my right, two for 222, and look at it like it ain't nothing to me now. 
because I'm not emotionally eating anymore. I'm, God removed that idol of my ministry. God removed that low self-esteem based upon performance. So I don't have to find myself depressed because my ministry ain't growing, all upset because this ain't moving for me, all upset because I don't have no wife. I don't got to worry about that no more. He removed that out of my life. <clears throat> so now I don't have to uh, cause myself to be su subjected to temptation. Now I have to guard my heart. God, Holy Spirit, keep revealing to me what is tainted in me, what is wrongly painted in me, giving me the wrong visuals, causing me to be colorblind to what you have given color to. And he'll show it to you. And then the temptation can be two yards away and you won't even enter it because you're going to be like, man, I'm going to just go this way. Ain't even worth it because the last time I walked into that temptation, here are the consequences. Another way to avoid entering into temptation, think about the consequence of that temptation. Temptations always look good in the beginning, but are ugly in the end. They always look good, feel good, smell good, taste good in the beginning, but they always leave you with nothing. So you got to ask yourself, what are the consequences? You got to think three moves ahead. If I enter this temptation, what is going to happen to me? What are the potential consequences? What who what am, what is going to happen, right? And realizing that God always makes a way of escape, even if you enter the temptation and you at the front door, the way of escape is behind you. Take it, my friend. And sometimes the best way is just not to enter it. Hope that. Great questions. Lisa says, what causes someone to be a fool by proverb standards? Great question. A foolish person is a person with no focus. A foolish person is a, a person that has nothing to be faithful to or anyone to be faithful for. A foolish person is a person that thinks they're wise. A wise person don't, don't need credibility. They don't need credentials for their wisdom. They know their wisdom is from God. Their wisdom is from what they learned. Uh, a, a, a foolish person is a person that thinks more highly of themselves than they ought to think. A foolish person is a person that thinks that anything else validates them other than God. A foolish person thinks that this world is it. A foolish person thinks that God ain't legit. A foolish person is a person that's easy to quit. A foolish person is one who's been bit by this world. That's a foolish person by proverbial standards. Sean said, boy, he said, I'm getting, I, he said, he said, I'm getting coaching from you on Saturdays and in these live videos. I feel you, my boy. Well, you know, when a youth asks questions, you know, I got to number love. Have you ever experienced rejection? If so, if you have, how does and how did it feel? Oh man, rejection is a part of life. But I, one thing, my friend, is life is all about perspective. Sometimes rejection is your protection. So now when people reject me, I feel like Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they don't even know the value of me. Father, should I even forgive them? Because is this you this whole time? Making sure they don't even get connected to me. So when people reject me, there's two things I think about when a person rejects. When a person rejects me, the first thing I ask is, um, do I even have what they're looking for? Like if someone offers me a job and they interview me and they reject me from having that job, I can't get mad at them for rejecting me if I don't really have what I, if I know I don't have what they what they need. But if I have what something need, what someone needs and I have value for them and they still reject it, that's their poor interpretation of value. So that rejection is my protection. That rejection is that's just on you. That had nothing to do with me. So many people internalize rejection that they it affects their projections. It, it affects the way they how they see themselves and what they project from themselves because they took that rejection too personal. 
Sometimes you just got to say that rejection just has nothing to do with me. That person doesn't have no poor. That person has a poor interpretation of value. Why are you going to get mad at somebody that rejects you because they don't really see you? They just see what they want from you. And if a person sees what they want from you but don't want you, then that's your protection when they come with rejection. But if someone rejects you and it's because you just not a good friend or you have been proven not to be of value to them and they've given you opportunities of value and now they're rejecting the friendship or just the relationship, that ain't got nothing to do with them. They're the wise one. <clears throat> they're the ones walking in projection. Their rejection of you is for their protection of them. So if someone is rejecting you to protect them, you can't get mad at that, especially if you have become a detriment to their to whatever it is they're trying to protect. So now when people reject me, it is what it is because I don't, I don't live for people's approval. I live for what has already been approved by Christ and I rest in that. Everything else, man, I can care less about. I got to go, y'all. I got to get ready for this coaching session. You're so welcome, Lanita. There is power in the blood and name of Jesus. Let's say, yeah, that was a mic drop line. I don't even know what I said. Honey buns, your time is done. That's it. In the name, honey buns, I command you. <laughs> remove the taint so I won't be tempted. The Holy Spirit be dropping nuggets, man. I can't even take credit for this stuff, man. Jana says, so good to be live here with you, brother, Coach Joshua, as whenever I could. Thank you. You started the channel every time. Authentic biblical leaders, I learned God gets the glory, my friend. God gets the glory. Let me know if you need that one-on-one -on -one coaching, my friend. Anybody else need one-on-one -on -one coaching, let me know. I'm here to serve you all. I'm just sensing in my spirit right now. I'm just, I'm just scrolling. Harmony Pin, what's going on? You doing all right? She said, facts. Jana says, Joshua, thank you for the link. I shall go look it up and book some customized session with you sometime soon. Yep, I'm here, here for you. Temptations are tailor-made. That's right. Remove the tank so I won't be tempted. Uh, uh, please, I don't want to even butcher your name. Kesavia says, hey, Coach Ezzy, how do I stop an ungodly soul tie connection? Give me one second. Let me drink some water. That alkaline water. Hold on. <clears throat> All right. Kesavia says, hey, Coach Ezzy, how do I stop ungodly soul tie connections? I've been struggling with some things and it's been hard. Great question. Um, first, the best way to untie yourself from an ungodly soul tie or connection is to first understand the value of the soul. The, the complexity of the soul, um, the components of the soul, um, mind, world, emotions, thoughts, memories, ideas, perspectives, wisdom, emotions, all those things is in your soul realm, right? And also, in order to untie a soul tie, you got to begin to ask yourself, okay, uh, um, uh, how much of my soul is after God? How much of my soul do I want to be in God? How much of my soul is just drifting from him, right? 
Because when, wherever there's ignorance, there's no opportunity for growth, right? And so you have to get a better understanding what your soul is and who saved your soul. Because when you begin to understand the savior of your soul, then you will begin to see that these soul ties may be hard for you, but it's not hard for him. The soul tie, the untying of it may be hard for you, but it's not hard for him. So how do you do that? First, you got to acknowledge to God, I need your help with this. The Holy Spirit, give me give me uh, 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 information. Give me revelation about this. Show me the depths of me. Because the reason why untying ourselves from soul ties are difficult is because we're trying to untie ourselves from the little things, the, uh, the uh, uh, um, symptomatic things, but we never deal with the source, the stronghold, the thing that's really holding us all together. See, on this, this stronghold are many roots, are many branches that are tied. There are a lot of things that are tied to different things, many ropes to these roots. And so if we never deal with the roots, we can never really let go of the ropes. So what is the root reason why your soul is tied to this particular thing? Who have you yet to forgive? Who have you yet to uh, uh, let go? What about you have you yet to forgive about yourself? Who, who hurts you? Who hurts you the most? Some, the reason why many of us are still stronghold of certain things is because we have yet to forgive ourselves or we have a poor understanding of God's forgiveness or we think that God surely can't forgive me of this. But he says, I've forgiven you of that. Whom the son says free is free indeed. So you have to ask yourself, what am I, who or what am I sold tied to? What is the root reason why I'm tied to this person? Because some people are tied to an ex, not because of what the ex did, but what their dad did or didn't do, mom did or didn't do, or something happened when they was younger. So in order to get rid of Rashad, we got to get, we got to get rid of what your mom or dad did. You got to begin to forgive them about that, deal with them with that. And you got to begin to unpack that and begin to say, okay, God, I'm hurt because I'm still hurt by this, God. And then the practicalities of being healed from that is to change the way you think about that wound, change the way you think about that event that caused the dent, and then focus on the one that was sent to to set you free from it. You got to renew your mind and go, okay, what can I learn from that? What can I learn from that experience? Because then when you begin to learn from what we used to burn, then you will begin to earn it. And that tie will begin to let loose because it no longer has a stronghold on you because you have renewed your mind on it. Next, you got to ask, so in order for my soul to be healed, in order for me to have a healed soul, I got to focus on what I want to behold. What is it that you want to hold one day? And ask yourself, how could this tie tangle this? Then you got to have some, okay, God, I don't want this to tangle my children's children. I don't want this to tangle my marriage. I don't want this to tangle this. I don't want all this to be caught up in my web. And so now you got to find significant reasons why you need to be set free. Then you'll be motivated to be set free. And then you'll be able to go to the one that can only, the only one that can set you free. So you got to begin to say, okay, God, I got to be a patient. In your surgery room, I got to let you do surgery on me, heal me, renew my mind, change the way I see what happened to me. And then you begin to see over time, they'll let loose. But get this book right here. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great resource for you. It's a book on soul ties and strongholds. 
Um, how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, the purpose of freedom, a great book. It talks about it explains what a soul tie is. It talks about the different types of ties. It talks about how to uproot them and uh untie them, uproot the strongholds. So get that book, my friend. I think it'll be a blessing to you. It goes in greater depth than I can do right now for you. Okay, where did I where'd your question go? Did I lose your question? Where'd you go? There you go. <clears throat> Jesse Jonas, come on, coach. Guys, girl, so I want to tell my name, but I'm a VCC member also. My uncle was once married to your mom, Diana. Hey, I know you. I know you now. Yes, yes. Good to see you. Now I know. I ain't going to say your name, but I'm a VCC member also. My uncle was once married. Yep, that's right. When we were members. Yep, you knew my high waters. You saw my high you saw my high waters. You know me. You know me, know me. You knew me since I was a baby. We're glad to have you. Thank you for following me. I really appreciate you for all these years, man. Thank you for your encouragement. Honey Bunch, your time is done. That's right. It's over. You're so welcome, my friend. Thank you for trusting me with your question. Harmony said that was fire. Uh, amen. Live in the approval. That's right. Live in the approval of God and be well cut. That's, that's it. That's a word right there, my friend. You're so welcome, Sean. Will there be a replay? Yes. All your questions will be available on the replay, my friend. Uh, okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Any t oh, that's right. Their rejection is my protection. Uh, Jana says, any temptations are doors we open up to that can turn into unhealthy bondage and inspect before we respect it. That's right. That's a word. Sean says, how do you take the courage to get away from the wrong friend groups, realizing that your best friend is God? And so listen, the best way to get away from bad friends is the reason to realize who your good friends are. Friends that will never leave you. See, for instance, I don't need any friends. Because my best friend is God and my other, my second best friend is me. And my third best friend is my wife. Now, I have some other good friends like my brother, Jeff. Don't get me wrong. I have great friends. But what I'm saying is, is that if there's no need. Because if I need them as my friends, then I'm not going to the one who can really be my friend more than they can be my friend. So you have to understand that you're going to lose friends along the way, man. That there's going to be people that's just not going to equal your goals. They're not going to equal what you're going after. And that's okay. But that's why you got to be okay with you. See, man, I'm my best friend, man. I love me some me. And I and I know God loves me some me. And so I'm in good company. So anybody else that want to join us, you got to be like us. Simple as that, my friend. Miss Brockman says, hey, I've healed and finally knew who I was in Christ. But yet at this point, I'm falling back into sin. I don't know why. It's just seasons. Sometimes seasons uh, reveals to you uh, better ways to uh, develop. Um, um, better systems. Maybe this new it's it's revealing to you that you're not as strong as you may have thought you was, and that it it gives insight. Anytime you fall, failure gives insight. Failure gives insight. That's why when I sin or make a mistake, I don't beat myself up. I pick myself up and find out how I can uh, protect myself going forward. And so, yeah, knowing who you are in Christ is one thing. Following through of Christ is another thing. And even when you fall, get up. A just man falls seven times, but gets back up again. So you got to find out why. Now, this is how you find out why or why you have fallen. Uh, investigate everything around your situation. 
What contributed to me falling here? In the last two weeks, what did I do or didn't do that it contributed to this fall? Did I Have I not been praying? Have I not been reading? Have I not been spending time with God? Have I have I not been doing X, Y, and Z? Or have what have I been uh 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 uh, uh falling short in? Like maybe I'm watching more movies than I should, maybe I'm listening to the wrong things. What have I been practicing that set me up for this plummet? And then when you know, notice that you'll begin to say, okay, now I gotta breach these different areas. I definitely can't watch this no more. I definitely can't look at this no more. I definitely gotta let go of this, get rid of this, and I definitely gotta begin to stay steadfast. And, and what got me here and, and really continue to uh, increase in my spiritual disciplines and keep my mind stayed on the Lord. Keep my mind realizing that it's only by his righteousness that I can be able to be in right standing, that nothing I can do can mess up the plans of God and realize that I'm so loved that his love rises me above. And then you will be able to give the shoulder shrugs to any type of sin that wants you to, to fall in it. That's what helps me when I make a mistake, friend. I got to go. It's getting late. And I still got a coach that, yes, there will be. Oh, yes, Sean, there will be a replay. You're so welcome, fam. Jana says, amen, live and improve. That's right. Okay. Uh, thank you, coach. I really appreciate you. So welcome. Jana says, question number four. Oh, question. Four years back when I uh, when I uh, came upon your channel, thoughts in God came upon me about bringing your work ministry into Singapore. Hope we discuss possible with Coach Joshua, too. We'll pay about it in time. Yeah. If the Lord gives me the approval, I'll go to Singapore. It's like I went to Nigeria. Like I go to, like I remember one month I was in Florida three times in one month. I think God is going to start opening up doors for me to travel again. But yeah, if you want to bring me to Singapore, um, let me know. Let me know what it is, and and we'll we'll talk about it. If you want me to speak in any one of y'all's events, and I think I don't think people think I do that. But if you, because because the whole pandemic stuff shut all that stuff down. But if you want me to come speak at your event or at your ministry or whatever, I would love to speak at your event. Um, but don't take it personal. If I don't go, I don't care. There's been time people offer me five thousand, seven thousand. People offer me a lot of money, and I turned it down. Uh, and it's not because of the people; it's because God's protection. If God tells me, and maybe God's protecting me from me, see what I'm saying? So if I if I reject it, don't take it personal. Don't think it was because of your money. Don't think it because of whatever. I go where God sends me. There's a difference. I go where God. If God gives me the clearance to go, then I'll go. Love you all. If you need one-on-one coach, you need to talk to me about anything, relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, or you have questions about life or anything, I'm here to support you all. Email me today. Go to my website, imunplugged.com. I'll post the link again for those who just now joining me. If you need one-on-one coaching, also let me um, do this too here while I'm here. Um, yeah. Also, check out my book, Facts Over Feelings. If you want to learn how to process your feelings to get back to fulfilling your role in life, Great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you hold the important things of life, great resource journal there. If you're looking for a book to help you find the purpose of your singles, how to maximize it, great book or resource there. If you're looking for a good dating resource to help you date God, date yourself, come dateable and ask the right questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you understand the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. If you want to know if that man, that one man, that job, that opportunity, that city, whatever it is in front of you with the opportunity is from God, this book will help you better discern what the will of God is in every area of your life. If you struggle with soul ties and strongholds, you want to find the purpose of freedom from them, 
This is a great book for you. If you have young people that will benefit from just great proverbial points to help guide them in the challenges of their lives, um, this book would be a great resource for them. If you're struggling with soul, not soul ties, if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to better know or understand uh, spiritual warfare, this book would be a great resource for you. We also have merch on our website and ways for you to give and support what we do. If you feel led to give, you're like, hey, man, I want to support what you do. You can do that as well. I'll post the links. Uh, for my website and for areas for you to support what we do. Thank you all so much for trusting me with y'all's questions. All the listeners out there driving trucks, working at their jobs, out there on their job. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't already, subscribe, like the video. i see y'all next time. You know Coach loves you. Book me if you need a coaching session. I'm here for you. Jaina says, thank you. Got you for sure, for sure. We let God lead us where we need to go every step of the way. That's right. That's right. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I catch y'all next time. Book your sessions now. I'm here to coach you. I'm here to help you this summer. Peace.